Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Monday, December 14th. The MLS season has come to an end. We have Columbus Crew beat the Seattle Sounders 3-0 in an incredible dominating fashion that I and I don't think anybody else expected this. We all expected Seattle to come bounce back and you know make it more of a competitive match, but it looked like the crew just had the, the whole game from start to finish. And shout out to Lucas Celerian. He man, he had an incredible game couple passes and beautiful uh, a third goal that it just pretty much sealed the deal for the Columbus crew. Um, but we also got uh, CCL news. And to help me talk all of that, we got Alicia Rodriguez. Alicia, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, like I said, MLS season is done, but we still got some soccer to talk about in this never ending year of 2020. We still got one more, or potentially more games, depending how LAFC does. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely the most uh, unorthodox season to date so uh i mean in some ways it's exciting that we still have some ccl to cap off the year i think in some ways it's sort of fitting uh but we'll see how it goes because uh obviously this is all new territory for everyone yeah exactly and especially with like uh, a lot of different you know some of the rosters for 2021 being named ahead of the ccl matchup so it's made it i know it's made it difficult for not just lafc for other teams uh, MLS teams, you know, moving forward. But let's talk about the MLS Cup. What What do you think about the Columbus Crew's performance, and what do you think about Seattle Sounders the way they played? Yeah, it was it was a little bit of a surprise, like you said. I think we, I certainly expected the Sounders to be favorites coming in, um, and their stars just really didn't show up on the night. And uh, you know, Co- Columbus's did, uh, like you said, Zellerion was fantastic. Uh, you know, absolutely wonderful performance. And uh, Nicolas Ladero, who I thought was the MVP uh, this season, he was strangely muted on the night and just had an off night. And to me, I think overall, that's kind of what made the difference. I think uh, we're still in a, in a time in MLS where the biggest players, when they show up, they usually uh, you know, determine the outcome of games. And when they don't, um, you know, their teams suffer. And, and that's what we saw, I think, in the MLS Cup final. Yeah, it was definitely a surprising because I was always like, okay, 2-0. I've seen this story before. I'm, I know Seattle's going to bounce back. We saw what they did with Minnesota. But, I, you know, hearing some of the interviews and some of the articles on Minnesota, some of the players, they say they ran out of gas. And Columbus crew looked like they never ran out of gas. They just kept the, just kept, just kept going, adding the pressure and just dominating the home game. So it was because I know a lot of people were rooting for Columbus crew. And they were excited, a lot of MLS people. Um, but on the other, on the other hand, I, I never um, saw Seattle Sanders to go the way they went, 3-0. Um, what, do you, what do you think about Brian Smitcher's um, future with the Sanders? Do you think he'll come back? Um, do you think he may look to other possibilities like the LA Galaxy or the teams? What, what are your initial thoughts? I would be surprised if Brian Schmetzer went elsewhere. Um, you know, he's, I think, more than any other person in MLS, he's really uh, intertwined with a given market. Um, obviously, he grew up in Seattle. He played for the Sounders in the NASL days. He coached them in the USL days. Now he's, the, you know, he was the assistant coach in MLS, and, and now he's been the, the head coach for several years and been very successful um, I know he was talking a little bit heading into the game. He doesn't have a contract uh, so far uh, for next season. And, and, you know, he was kind of talking about if he went somewhere else, maybe he'd get the respect he deserves. Um, but I think that was kind of just idle, idle chatter, frankly. Um, I, I really would be surprised if he went to another team. Um, I, I just really don't see it. Um, I also think that the likely what would happen is uh, unless the Sounders really went off a cliff. I think he probably will go out on his own terms. Um, so if he wants to continue with the Sounders, I think he probably will. 
I think he's deserved that right. He, he keeps getting the team into MLS Cup. So um, that's something that you really can't uh, overstate. Uh, it's, it's pretty significant. Um, and I, I think probably he'll have the opportunity to, to, to say when he wants to hang it up and, and retire. And then I think he would go out into the sunset. Um, I, I don't expect him to come to LA. I don't expect him to go really anywhere else. Um, but you never know. We'll, we'll have to yeah. see what happens. Yeah, um, and I, I think the, the owners who own the Seattle Sounders also own the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and from what w- what I know about the, the ownership, just from you know watching the NFL, they're not uh, ownership that typically likes to dish out money when it comes to players or certain things. And talking to Kevin Baxter, it's not just so much about um, Brian Smitcher's uh, contract. It's also about his coaching staff. Um, that's what that's what uh, Kevin Baxter has told me. So he wants his coaching staff t- to be taken care of, and I think those are some of the negotiations that are, that are that are kind of, you know, the kind of butting heads. I understand it's 2020, but when you have uh, a head coach who's been what in the MLS Cup final in lot four of the last five years, um, you know, you don't let someone like that walk away, right? And if he's not happy and they're not happy, there is opportunities elsewhere. Like obviously the LA Galaxy, other teams around the league. But to me, um, LA Galaxy is the biggest name out there. And I, I don't think LA Galaxy would be shy to dish out that money if Brian Schmitzer does become available. So I think uh, from talking to Kevin, if his coaching staff gets taken care of, obviously he comes back. But if he doesn't, then the, the most likelihood of him leaving Seattle does I think does potentially become a possibility yeah I mean obviously anything happens I think it's uh there's a good chance that Gonzalo Pineda an assistant coach uh for Seattle will be a head coach somewhere else for 2021 um I think that's more likely than Brian Schmetzer himself leaving Seattle and and coaching another MLS team I know Pineda had been connected to DC United's uh opening um and I know that there had been some pundits in the media who had talked about Pineda, he would be an ideal candidate for the Galaxy uh, too. I don't know if they've been interviewing him or even really looked at him. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'll see what happens on that front. But, uh, and uh, you know, another assistant that the Sounders have is Preki. Of course, he's had a, a history of head coaching in MLS and I don't think he's gonna be a head coach again, mm-hmm. frankly. Um, you know, he's somebody who who burns hot and then uh, burns those bridges. And I don't really see another MLS team uh, taking the plunge with him. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I think there could be some changes in the Sounders staff. But again, I think it's more likely that there's going to be an assistant coach who goes to another team than than Schmetzer going to a different Schmetzer, team. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely see that going on. So mo- moving forward, obviously, we, we got LAFC going against Cruz Azul. Um, uh, this is... I think to me is more, more, more interesting because you got, you got stories on both sides, right? So we'll, we'll start with Cruz Azul, which is obviously the biggest, the head coach, uh, Saboli decided to resign ahead of the CCL matchup. They had an embarrassing exit in the Liga MX. They were up there in the Liga MX. They played two legs. So in the first leg, they were up four zero. And then the second leg, they lost four zero because I think because of Pumas, they had the, they were able to advance because I think they were the higher seed. So that. You know, it's an it's an embarrassing loss to lose that way when you're up four zero and lose the same way you won. Um, and I was and I was shocked that he decided to, re- to resign. He did it on Twitter, and all all these different things that came out. Um, and you and on top of that, you had you already had twelve cases for Cruz Azul. You had three three players and nine coaching and staff. So one of them is a starter, uh, Jesus Corona. I don't. This was last week, so I don't know what the cases are. This week, the the COVID cases, I don't, I haven't really, you know, got information if Cruz Azul, like, you know, if those players are going to be available. I guess the good thing for them, it was nine coaching, nine coaching and staff, and only one star, which is the goalkeeper. I think with the goalkeeper, you can kind of get away with it. Um, what do you make of this news of Cruz Azul, the head coach, and everything going on with them? Well, I I'm not entirely shocked that you know the coach has gone just based on the fact how badly they choked in the playoffs. I mean, that's one of those, like, can you really come back from it? What, what surprised me was that it happened several days after that loss and it wasn't just like the, that night or the next morning or whatever. Um, so that's, I think probably put their preparations behind a little bit for CCL. Um, and that potentially gives LAFC an opportunity 
that they maybe otherwise would not have had to the same extent. Um, if the coaching staff is in disarray, I believe the U20 coach is, is going to lead them in CCL. Um, you know, and, and it can go both ways, right? Like on the one hand, the, the, the players um, for Cruz Azul could step up and, and try not to, you know, leave the last taste in their mouth uh, this season being that horrible loss in, in the playoffs or they could be completely demoralized and, and just want to end it and not really um, show up for, for this game against LAFC. So it could go either way, but I think obviously coming into it for LAFC, uh, having your opponent be in, in considerable disarray would seem to give you an, an opportunity uh, to, to get an upset and, and to continue on in the competition. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think things are starting to break LAFC's way, um, you know, with, with Cruz Azul, because to me, I kind of wonder how motivated is Cruz Azul after having that embarrassing exit. And then on top of that, your coach leaves and then, you know, you got some, you know, you got some COVID cases and then you got to travel outside the country, go to a bubble, um, you know, be away from your family, just a couple of days, a couple of weeks uh, away from, you know, Christmas, you know, the holidays and everything. So we'll, we'll have to see, um, what happens with Cruz Azul, but I think on the other hand, LAFC, it's breaking their way, but there's also things within LAFC that we don't know yet. We uh, we were on the press call. We, Bob Bradley said that, uh, I believe it was last Thursday, that, that uh, Brian Rodriguez was coming in that night. Um, he didn't elaborate. He or the team didn't elaborate if, you know, the other three international players were already there or not. So that's kind of still question in the air. But, you know, you and I were talking pre-check. We assumed that Rossi, Cifuentes, and Palacios are already there. And they may have been, uh, you know, Brian Rodriguez may have been dealing with different COVID stuff. You know, may, that may be the issue obviously we don't know for a fact um and we also know that bwp is not it's not with lafc bwp decided to opt out because um lafc did not decide to pick up his player option for 2021 um so what do you make of, of that news and what do you make about bwp opting out yeah and on the covid front uh obviously anyone can test positive at any time so you know up until we see the lineup sheets we really have no idea on either side who's going to be playing um you know, this is the time we live in. So it's possible anything could happen and, and they could have to play all the bench players or play a full strength squad. I mean, anything in between, we don't know until we get to that point. Um, and that goes for both teams, obviously. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit unfair. I mean, obviously the crew won MLS Cup, even though they lost two of their starters on the eve of the game uh, to positive COVID tests. So anything can happen, but um you know, it sucks that that's a factor in play here, that there's just so much uncertainty walking into a game, if you're going to have your best players available or not, um, but we'll see. And then when it comes to uh, Bradley Wright Phillips, uh, he's the highest profile player who um, opted out after the, the contract um, option being declined. Um, I don't necessarily blame him. I mean, I think uh, he has to look out for himself and it sounds like based on this, he's not coming back. I think um, when the contract option was declined, I think there was a, a chance that maybe he and LAFC could renegotiate and, and he could come back for 2021. I think this sort of indicates that the door is closed, that he's not going to be coming back. And, and that's a shame. I think he had a really good season. I definitely think LAFC would have brought him to uh, CCL if, if he was willing, you know, if he wanted to play, I, I think they would have counted on him. i think he would have likely gotten some playing time um, too, but I, I don't blame him either. I mean, I also mm -hmm. understand from his perspective, um, you know, wanting to look and, and the timing, that's where I think the CCL timing and the end of the MLS season being at the same time is really unfortunate because there's, you know, like this week uh, free agency is going to be starting. So he's going to be looking for his next team Meanwhile, uh, LAFC are still playing games. And so, you know, something has to give. And I guess that's that's what happens. But um, without him, hopefully with uh, Vela, Rossi and, and Rodriguez available, um, looks like Musovski and, and Torres are also available. They've also done very well this season. Um, hopefully that will be sufficient uh, in, in the CCL game in attack for LAFC. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Um, to me, I'm just surprised you you had a you know you have BWP who, you know, obviously nothing was guaranteed for him when he first joined LFC, but 
he's a player that proved himself. He's a player that, you know, impacted the game. He's a player. There was a couple games that they won because of him. You know, he, he scored eight goals. He had six assists. He started 14 games. Um, so to me, I understand why, why BWP exited, but I also don't, on the other side, I don't understand why I see, because you, I think in this league, you have a player that's a proven goal scorer and regardless of his age, in 2020 and this year we live in players are playing longer than the if they take care of themselves and he looks like he takes care of himself physically right so i think from what i'm understanding lafc they're willing to roll the dice to get someone younger um but may not be a proven goal scorer yet and i think this comes down to money right i think this may come down to money and what bradley rack phillips wanted and lafc was not willing to do that and i think we're gonna have to look at uh uh, how this plays out for LAFC if Bradley Wright Phillips goes to a different club in the MLS and he's still effective, he's still scoring goals, he's still dominant, right? Whether he's a starter, whether he comes off the bench, at the end of the day, he's still a proven goal scorer at the age of 35 and you can't take that away from him. Um, and it kind of also says to me, if you come to LAFC and, you know, with a one-year contract with an option, even though you prove yourself, we may not pick up that option. You know what I'm saying? Like, so how, how there's going to be some uncertainty, uncertainty, I feel like for from certain players that may, may recognize this or it may not bother them. But I think at the end of the day, you're letting someone walk away. That is an actual threat in this league and revived his career within you, within in your program and your system. And if he goes elsewhere and does that, then people, I think people are going to look back at that. Do you, do you feel the same way? Uh, I see what you're saying, and I think it's it's a fair point, but I would say that every MLS team pretty much operates this way, right? Like job security in MLS is is not really a thing. Um, and so if you're not on a, a DP contract and playing well and in the good graces of your team, then anyone is really on the chopping block at any given time. Um, I'm with you that I think BWP is a fantastic player. I think he brought a lot to this team, you know, like, let's not forget that this season, LAFC expected a healthy Carlos Vela throughout and a healthy Adama Diomande throughout. And Bradley Wright Phillips was kind of a flyer, right? Like, maybe he'll get a little bit of playing time or some rotation starts, that kind of thing. Um, but I don't think he was expected to play as much as he did. And then he played a lot and he played really well. Um, so I'm with you. I mean, I think it's a it's a risk, certainly for LAFC to, to part ways with him. Um, and he could very well come back to haunt them, you know, down the line. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as kind of within standard operating procedure, I think in MLS, I don't think LAFC are doing anything really outside the, the norm for teams, but they may, they may very well come to regret this um, eventually. We'll see. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they're doing anything any other, uh, other team would do, but I just think the fact that you have a proven, proven goal scorer, and that's very hard to come by and inside the box and the way he scores goals and then the way he, he impacts the game. I think that's why I'm a little bit more surprised. Um, you know, I think they might've looked at his age. They might've looked at like, Hey, he may, he may be asking way too much money than what we're willing to give. We have obviously Danny Masovsky, but behind Danny Masovsky, who do you really have when it looks like some of these players may not be back next season? Um, you know, and it, and it, and it was, it was great to see what BWP did for LAFC. It just looks, it's unfortunate that one, he didn't get a play in front of the 3252. He didn't get a play, you know, in front of fans. Um, and, you know, he's, he's moving on and it looks like he has played uh, his final game uh, for them. But one of the, one of the pickups that LAFC got, they ended up picking up Marco Fafan um, from the, from the Portland Timbers. He's a left back. They, they got him exchanged for 300,000 300, in uh, general allocation money. Um, what would you make up of, of that pick? And we should also say that he's not available for them for the CCL matchup. This is a player they're going to have for next season. Yeah, um, I, I think this is a, a good move. Um, you know, I, I, I know we found out about this trade a week or 10 days ago. So I think people have been kind of thinking it through for, you know, in the, in the meantime, before it came down officially. Um, to me, he's a player with a lot of upside um, I think he has a lot of potential. Uh, he's young. He has a lot of room for growth. Um, and I think the biggest thing here is that 
uh, the Portland Timbers have done a terrible job of playing young players and uh, you know bringing through homegrowns and actually like giving them playing time and really developing them. Um, I think the current coach uh, Gio Savarese has done the best job in club history in the MLS club history. Um, and even he, I don't think, has really made full use of, of playing young guys and, and giving them a real chance. Um, so I think if, if people look at the numbers that Farfan has put up uh, so far in his career and, and sort of been like, mm, he never became a regular starter. Mm, he doesn't even start all that many games. You know, mm, is he really any good? I think more than any other team in MLS, uh, I would definitely give those numbers a grain of salt because he was playing for the Timbers and the Timbers just really don't give young players a chance or young domestic players a chance. Um, so in that way, I think uh, it's a low risk, high reward kind of pickup. Like if he turns out to be a backup, then that's something that they could use. They could use somebody because he can play on both the left and the right side. Um, LAFC can obviously use a player like that uh, and pull back. And then if he turns out to be a starter, then I think 300,000 is going to be a bargain. Um, yeah. You know, so so it's something that I think there's a lot of potential. Um, if he doesn't end up being a starter, I think he can still be a useful piece. But I think if he becomes a starter, then this is like a no-brainer kind of kind of thing. And and I wouldn't be shocked if his game really elevates because he's going to be playing for a coach who not only gives young players a chance but really wants to develop the young players and and see them improve. I mean, Bob Riley wants to see every player improve and and really works for to that end. Um, so this could be a really good opportunity for Farfan to, you know, actually blossom in his career and, and, and really show what he can do moving forward. So to me, this is a pretty exciting move. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's going to add depth. Um, he's listed as a left back where you just mentioned he could play the right back. I think to me, there's still questions on that. And the right back, we saw, we saw Eddie Segura play that right back. Um, it looks like Bob Ratter really likes Tristan Blackman at center back. And I, I think that's his best position. I don't, see Tristan Blackman playing on, on the right back. I think he gets beat there too many times. But if you do have, say, moving forward, Eddie Segura, Jesus Mourinho, who they're still negotiating his contract, uh, Tristan Blackman, whether it's Chiqui Palacios or Michael Fafan moving moving forward, I think you're, you're adding a piece of, more pieces to the puzzle uh, on that end. But I also think you, you still need to add more more pieces on the defensive end, more pieces like, you know, some something like a Marco Farfan, you know. Obviously, we know Andy Nahar is not coming back, and we know that he had way too many injuries. And though that was also, um, that was also a gamble with him, and obviously that didn't work out for them. Um, and I think we see a lot of these moves with LASC. You know, we saw we saw the move with uh, BWP. I feel like you know at the start of the season he was like a low risk, high reward. He was ended up being a high reward, Andy Nahar, and obviously ended up going the other way. But I think you start adding more of those pieces. And I don't think you have to go that far from the MLS to pick up defend defenders. I feel like one thing that MLS produces is defenders, right? That's, that's one of the things that the, the league is known for. Um, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do try to try to get more players like this. One name that, that that's been um, um, rumored around is Paul Aguilar, former Aguilas right back. He's out of contract. I believe he's 34 years old. Um, from what I was reading online, he's come up uh, as a top candidate for LAFC. It was between LAFC, Austin FC, the new expansion club, and it looks like LAFC's number one. What do you, what do you make of that Paul Aguilar rumor? I think that would, if it, you know, if it actually came to fruition, that would be sort of an Andy Nahar style, you know, more of an Andy Nahar style uh, signing. It would be somebody who um, can get, could potentially, if he comes good right away, could really help you very quickly in the short term, but obviously at his age, you're not going to be building around him, um, you know, for the long term. Um, but if LAFC sort of look at what they have right now, if uh, Rossi and, and Rodriguez and other players don't necessarily get sold in the winter, I think LAFC could look at sort of the pieces that they have and say, okay, we've got, a really good core together. This is our last chance. You know, then you could maybe see a situation where they roll the dice on a, an aging fullback like Aguilar. And, you know, he's somebody who's a really good two-way player too. Like he, he's, he's been a really good scorer from his position in his career. Um, and that's something that obviously I think would fit in with LAFC's style. Um, but we'll have to see what happens. I mean, I don't necessarily know if, if the price point that he would come in at would really make any sense for LAFC. Um, you know, if they're, if they're, again, if they're rejecting 
paying Riley Wright Phillips, then are they going to really pony up probably a lot more for someone like Paul Aguilar? But, you know, it's an intriguing, uh, an intriguing player, but we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. And, I, and I'm with you on that. I think uh, Austin FC has more, more money because they're an expansion club to offer that to uh, Paul Aguilar. Um, and I do, do think it will come down to the money and the incentives or unless he's, you know, he's excited just to play with Carlos Vela and be in LA and he's willing to take less money. But I think when you're coming, uh, when you typically, when you come from a different league and league IMX, you're, you're trying to get as much money as you can, especially at that age. So, well, I'm interested to see how far this goes and how interested LAFC are, because like you said, he's not a player that essentially they're going to, they're going to be able to build around maybe one or two years and that, and that, that may be it, but do you really want to offer him, say, Tam type of money? You know, do you really want to offer him, you know, more than what I think six hundred thousand? I don't know if they're willing to dish that out. Um, the good thing for LAFC, he's he's at a contract; he'll be a free free transfer. Um, they could potentially do a one year deal with them and just roll the dice, or you know, they may just look elsewhere. Um, like I said, but I, I do I do think that's that's intriguing that that rumor came up because he does kind of fit their style um, playing that four three three. You know, he's explosive off the back. Obviously, he's older, but he he's able to play in that. You you would assume he would be able to play in Bob Riley's system. Um, let's talk about the players you just mentioned. Uh, you know, Diego Rossi, Brian Rodriguez, maybe even Atuesta. Um, the winter window is coming up. I, be, I believe it's January 5th. Um, so there's been a lot of rumors with uh, Brian Rodriguez. We'll start with him first. Well, there's been a lot of rumors from his agent publicly wanting to get him to Europe, right? And I just as any agent, but he's been the most vocal. We don't haven't really heard anything about Diego Rossi's agent, you know, being in the South American media when Rossi has been the best player for, LA, for LAFC out of those two, right? Um, I understand that Brian Rodriguez plays for the national team. He's made it, he, you know, he's made it, he gets to start. But to me, even watching him in the national team, he's not as effective as Diego Rossi from what I've seen, you know. And I think to me, Rossi right now has, the, has impacted uh, games more. And the way Uruguayan players that I, I've seen, you know, grow up and everything, Brian Rodriguez has lacked in the way you impact the game. You know, whether, you know, they win because of his, his assist, they win because of his goal, or they win because he was involved in that play. Within the time I've seen with LAFC, he, he hasn't shown that. And not saying that he's not capable of doing that, but I think he does still have a lot of years, great years ahead of him. But I don't know if it was maybe he doesn't feel comfortable in the system or whatever it is, but he's still a value a valuable player for LAFC and he's still a valuable player on the international mar- market. Um, do you think he's going to move this winter? I mean, it's really hard to say. I, I I just really don't have a sense of what the transfer market is going to look like. I, I honestly think that a lot of teams are going to play it safe and be really conservative. And so I think it's also going to bring down the value of, of transfers overall. And so does that affect a, a transfer like Rodriguez's or Rossi's, you know, players who are not going to be, $50 million players, they're going to, you know, be considerably less, but our team's going to be willing to spend that much. Um, at the same time, maybe because the high-end players are going to be out of reach and, and teams are not going to want to spend that much money, they may go for more budget players, um, you know, like the Uruguayans and, and that kind of thing, um, you know, and, and, and take a few more flyers, I guess, in, in terms of their winter transfer strategy. So, you know, I think one of the things too is in MLS, we always say, oh, this guy is destined for a move. You know, he's about to move. It's going to happen. And it usually happens considerably later than we expect. And I think um, we're probably nearing a point where Rossi and Rodriguez are going to be moving on um, in the next couple transfer windows. And maybe because of, of COVID and, and the ongoing issues and disruptions that that's causing, that could delay their, their move even more. Um, so I would give it probably like a, a 40% chance that, that they'll go, you know, it's, it's, there's a good possibility, but I don't necessarily think it's definitely happening. You know, it's for Mm -hmm. sure thing. Like it's never a for sure thing. And I think at this time in particular, you know, we're, it's just really uncertain what teams in domestically are doing, what teams abroad are doing. And so I don't know if we can really say, you know, with authority that, oh, 
Brian Rodriguez's agent is, is really shopping him in the press, that means he's definitely moving on. Um, and maybe he's, the agent's working hard, but may not be getting a lot of, of traction. So we'll see. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I think uh, how aggressive his agent has been. If Rodriguez was tearing up the league, it's a no-brainer, right? So I think to uh, potentially to us, it's like if he was tearing up the league, okay, bam, yeah, he gets sold. But I think the way he has played, and obviously we don't know how aware, how much they track him. Um, obviously, he he does have that, you know, that national stage with the Uruguay national team. But even then, you know, you're playing with 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 different high quality players that you uh, you you would assume he's going to be able to get there. And I and I do and I do feel like uh, Brian Rodriguez will be able to breach those heights. But he, if he's not able to do it in the MLS, to me, it, it's it's a little concerning because. MLS, uh, you know, outside of all the other leagues, assumed to be the easier ones out of Europe and all these different things, right? And it may just be a, a system fit. I, it may come down to that, but I, but I think um, uh, if if it doesn't happen this transfer window, it's obviously going to happen more more in the summer window. And the LAFC has also showed that they're not they're not if they're not willing if they're not going to get what they want, they have no rush and want to to sell a player to shout but even if he may be happier now we saw what, what happened with latif blessing that you know he will he wasn't he wasn't happy with his contract situation he was pushing to go to brazil but it didn't financially make sense for lafc and you know, we also had rodriguez you know there were rumors about him and the previous transfer window but they weren't they were lafc wasn't getting what they wanted out of him and they know how much value they have so uh, we may see rodriguez for another year i think the player that i'm more interested in is diego rossi he's definitely you know he's Winning the goal, he won the Golden Boot in Orlando. Won the Golden Boot this year, even missing you know a number of games because of Edmonton international call-ups. Um, and I do think he is the more likely to leave this winter uh, ahead of Brian Rodriguez, just because of the noise he's made. Um, what do you think of Rossi's play this year, and what do you think about him potentially even? Well, Rossi's been fantastic. I mean, he's been the best player in. Um on LAFC and I was uh, surprised at how high he ended up finishing in, in the MVP race. I think he was second. Um, I didn't even vote for him second in M the MVP. So I was, I was a little bit surprised, but um, no, he's, he's been, he's been really outstanding. Uh, every year he's played in MLS, he's elevated his game. And, and this was the year when uh, Carlos Fellow went down and, and Rossi picked up the slack and, and he really was fantastic. Um, I do disagree with you, though, as far as which player I think is going to go first. I think Rodriguez is more likely to go first because um, he has that track record with the Uruguayan national team. And I just think that uh, teams in Europe take that probably a little more seriously than maybe sometimes they should. Um, and since Rossi didn't get on the field, even though he got called up at the end of the year, he didn't get on the field for uh, Uruguay's senior national team yet. So I think he needs to make his debut um, not fall flat on his face, which I don't think he would uh, on the international front. And if he gets a few minutes under his belt, then I think a team's going to snap him up uh, in pretty short order. But, um, you know, obviously we don't know. I think I'm with you. I think uh, on the balance of play, Rossi deserves to get a move because mm -hmm. I think he's just been outstanding and, and he's clearly the best young player in MLS. He's, he's like I said, he's gotten better every single season. Um, I don't see any sign of that slowing down. Um, but I still think that the, the lure for teams abroad, and I think a lot of teams abroad still don't do a very good job even watching MLS. So to an extent, I find Rodriguez's struggles m could be irrelevant for a, a, a buying team. You know, there are teams who do their due diligence and do watch uh, the tape on the players that they're going to be signing. And there's others who frankly don't, you know, mm -hmm. they really they look at the numbers. Oh, look at how many goals he scored for his national team already. He's barely played, uh, but he's getting regular run. Uh, yep. You know, sign him up. Oh, his assists look pretty good for MLS. So, and you know, MLS sucks, whatever, like, boom, we got this deal. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, you know, I, I think obviously there's a lot of factors in play, but to me, I still think that Rodriguez being a, a regular already on the national team makes it still makes him more of an asset for, probably most teams. And then Rossi, I think once he gets, he, you know, he actually starts getting called up and, and making appearances. Um, I think that's going to boost his, his transfer value 
substantially. And I think the, the whole gamble with LAFC letting him go on international duty, even though he's not playing, I think that'll pay off, uh, you know, when they actually do get the, mm-hmm. the transfer because them letting him go to be part of Uruguay, whether or not he plays, whenever he finally starts playing, um, you know, it's going to show that they were willing to work with the national team program and in, in yep. getting acclimated. And then that's going to pay off when they actually get the transfer fee. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the one league or, you know, that does pay attention to the MLS or to American players is the Germans, um, you know, and I think I could see Rossi going there if they are paying attention uh, to what's going on in the MLS. Uh, I feel like they do. Um, but I, you know, I also wouldn't be surprised if Rodriguez leaves um, first, but I, I think if you're really paying attention to the MLS and you see the noise that Rossi has been doing, not just for LAC, but all over the league, uh, I think he has the more, the more value. I was looking at transfer market. Obviously, it's just transfer market. It's not anything, you know, I just want to be clear, but he was closer to $20 million. We've seen how the players move. And I think uh, if, if leagues around the world are actually paying attention to what's going on and they are seeing the value of American players, how they've been successful, also MLS players. Obviously, you know, you, you got a unicorn like Alfonso Davies. You also got players like, you know, that Reggie Canyon, who I think he's playing now in Portugal, and then he's he's moving up. So I think there is there is leagues out there that are paying attention and there are and they are noticing. I think you also see Rossi's age. I think he's 22, 23. Um, you know, I think that has has a lot. Um, and also being in a big market. So it's, very, it's I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see who goes first. If it's Brian, then, you know, obviously they're not paying attention or you, his value of playing with the national team, like you said, is uh, is more important to the team. So I'm excited to see what which one of those two players end, end, end up moving first. And um, I'll be texting you and be like, you know what? You're right. They don't pay attention. So <laughs> the value the value of, of the national team is more important, which I agree. I, I agree. You play for Uruguay. It just puts you. It just puts you up there. Um, you know, and there, there's just so so many things that that you know, just being for Uruguay and being you know, because essentially it's like a boys' club to make it and play in that in that team. So there's so much value just all over the world um, for for Rodriguez. Um, I, another player is uh, Eduardo Tuesta. Um, obviously, this year he he had an injury. I believe it was at the Orlando tournament. He was very solid for them up until that. Then he had to recover. He was out for a couple months. Uh, what do you what do you think about him? Um, obviously, we know what he can do, but this year, just like Carlos Vela and LFC, was not their best year. Yeah, I mean, I think he's also a player who should be a, a transfer asset uh, potentially for L- for LFC and and somebody who should be getting a look in Europe. Um, but it's a little bit harder, frankly, to kind of pin what kind of team would be interested in him. I think in part just because of his his position it's a much more subtle position. You're not sort of looking at the the box score and saying, Oh, they scored this many goals and this many assists. So that's easy to kind of calibrate. Um, when it's a, a midfielder who, you know, is mostly kind of just playing a two way game. Um, you don't get the same kind of sense of, Oh, this guy is worth this much. And obviously on a, on a team, it's, you know, you need all kinds of players, including uh, somebody like Atuesta. And he's really been fantastic. I think probably this, rough season for him and LAFC overall you know I don't think he played badly this season but Mm -hmm. just the team struggles um like you said he was injured and out for a little bit Uh, I think that probably put him behind a little bit in terms of you know transfer timeline but um I think teams that are doing their homework and paying attention really should be paying attention to him because he's he's really I think when he's playing really well then you can tell the, the team overall is really elevated. And, and when he's struggling, um, they really get bogged down in the midfield and they're unable to, to kind of boss the midfield. And I think for this team to really work right, their midfield needs to be working at its best. And so when he's around and he's playing at his best, like you can, you can tell just by the, the, the sense of the game, uh, the influence that he's having on it. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I like him a lot. I think he also should be meriting some some transfer interest, but it's a lot harder to say for someone in his position, just because, like I said, his, his skill set is a lot more subtle. It's it's harder to quantify than it is for for the other players. So um, 
you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. No, I, I think I think it's gonna be uh, interesting what happens um, with all the, with all the players being rumored, um, and you know, even the players that they're still negotiating with Jesus Mourinho, uh, which I I looked into the numbers initially, what it was. 300,000 up front and then a loan option to buy for a million. Um, and I think from what I hear, it's LAFC is trying to negotiate that million down. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't know how likely that's going to happen, you know, but that, that, those were the, those were the contract negotiations. So we'll see what happens there. I'm also very interested to see if Danny Maseski plays uh, this Wednesday against Cruz Azul because he didn't, he didn't play the last couple of games uh, for LAFC. He didn't play against the Seattle Sounders and, he didn't play against the Portland Timbers, obviously due to his injury, which I don't even remember what it is now because I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think they they've told us or you know or what what happened, but it looks to be a lot more serious because he's been out for so long. Um, I think he's he's a he's a great player. He's definitely impacted. They're definitely gonna need him, especially if BWP is not there and we don't know. Uh, obviously, as of now, Rossi's and uh, Rodriguez, um, you know, situation. We know uh, we know Carlos Vela can play there. Uh, as a striker, um, wh- what do you th- what do you think about Danny Masovsky, how he played this year, and what do you think about um, moving forward? I think he was a big surprise. Um, I think you know I mentioned earlier that the team I think was counting on Diamande to play major minutes, and and obviously he, that didn't work out this season uh, for several reasons. Um, you know I think they expected BWP to play a fair amount and then I think beyond that it was you know Vela, Rossi and Rodriguez and so there wasn't really going to be a lot of daylight for a player like Masovsky. Of course as the season you know turned out to to be there was a bunch of injuries, departures um, and then the absolute fixture congestion that that the team dealt with in, in the second half of the year um, and he was a big surprise, you know, I think he was kind of come in as, as somebody to, to do a shift in training, come off the bench a bit and, you know, whatever, see what happens. Uh, I think he definitely, uh, exceeded expectations. He scored five goals, um, contributed to a couple wins, uh, for LFC. Like, you know, he scored a couple garbage time goals, but he also scored a couple of key goals and in, in, in key games to win, um, so it was really a pretty a pretty good season for him and 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 a big surprise and I think a, a pretty savvy pickup for LAFC is the second USL player that they've signed who's turned out to be really really good. Uh, obviously, Mark Anthony K was mm-hmm. was the first. Um, so if they can pick up a, a player like that every couple of years, you know, a USL player who hasn't gotten a fair shake in MLS or hasn't gotten a look at all so far and then bring them through and, and see what they can do and, and get something out of them. And that's, that's pretty good for them. But I think Danny's been a really good story. I expect uh, they're going to expect him to get even better next year. Um, and if he can, then, you know, if players leave or if they get hurt again, then they won't be scrambling as much, um, you know, when, when those situations happen, but uh, yeah, it, it was, it was, it's a pleasant surprise. And then for champions league, um, I think it depends on the game state. I think if it's a really tight game and it's late and Bob feels like his starters can go, maybe Danny won't come off the bench. But I think if if he does opt to go for his bench, then um, I think Danny's going to be one of the first players he brings off. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I'm, I'm with you. I think he's been, he's been an exciting player. Obviously, he got the player option. BWP didn't get the player option. He looks uh, to be the obviously in their future, and he's also he would also be more less expensive than BWP, right? So that, I I see that 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 makes sense. And just talking to, to Danny, uh, he 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 has the type of man's mindset, and the type of mentality that you know I kind of want to say like like a killer, like you know he he doesn't he's not like overly like you know, confident, but he backs up what he says. And he, he's, a, he's a worker. He's, a, you know, he puts in the work and because you put in the work, that's how you build confidence. And you, you know, you see, you see it on the field. He's not afraid of anybody. He's not afraid of playing any, anybody, but he also backs up his game and he doesn't really need to, you know, he doesn't need to be out there talking and doing anything. He's, he's just a player that comes in plays, puts in the work in practice, puts in the work in the off season. And like you said, he, he didn't get a fair shake with San Jose who, you know, that, that drafted him, but he came, I think he also matured within the USL, gave him some time to develop. And now with LAFC, obviously the one of the biggest clubs in MLS, he's proven it. He got that player option. So it, it, his, his confidence is even going to grow even more. I just hope with whatever injury he's dealing with, 
um, you know, it, it doesn't seem he's able to play this game. Um, or if not, then, you know, it's definitely a lot more serious and we're going to have to, they're going to have to put, hold on to him till March or whenever the season uh, resumes moving forward, because he's, he's definitely a player for their future and for that. It's going to play that striker role. If Vela is not playing that striker role and, you know, and very interesting to see what the lineup um, looks uh, moving forward. Cause even uh, just to go back to Brian Rodriguez, he didn't start the last, uh, the last game he played for them, a uh, Christian Torres, uh, 16 year old started him and then Brian Rodriguez came off the bench so I'm very very interested to see what lineup he he puts out there I think we can almost kind of predict what what the back line is going to be without some of these players being out there also the midfield um, you know it's, it's, it's going to be an exciting matchup for LAFC and if they are able to move forward or if not if they may just be a one and done uh, situation for them you know it's, it's been it's been a crazy year so let's talk about that if they move forward and say they make it all the way they end up somehow winning the CCL championship. Um, is this is this going to be something to look back on? Like, okay, we we didn't have the best MLS season, but we won the CCL. So that that is like a, a great way to end the year, but not not the way we wanted to end the MLS season. Do you think that that's above the MLS because they would potentially be the, they would be the first team uh, first MLS team to win the CCL? I don't know if it'd be above MLS, but it would. I think if they won the CCL, it would definitely be a successful season, even if the MLS season was a disappointment. Um, just because it's it's kind of a holy grail for MLS teams. There's been you know several at this point who've gotten to the final and then fallen short. Um, so the first team that actually would make it and and win, and we should say there's several other MLS teams who are still in the in the competition too uh, at this point. Um, so there's several teams that could potentially win. Um, you know, it, it would be a huge deal. And I think for, for LAFC, you know, I was thinking about it because based on the way that the season shook out and the fact that there wasn't U.S. Open Cup and, um, you know, stuff like that, the, the, the Champions League uh, slots, you know, obviously LAFC will not be in Champions League next year, right? Like regardless of what happens, even if they won the Champions League this year, they will not be in Champions League next year. And it hadn't dawned on me until I started reading about the because various... of the because of their MLS season, right? Is, is that based because right. of MLS? Well, okay. They the way they hand out MLS or U.S. Soccer hands out the births for CCL, it, they they just don't qualify, um, you know, under any of the 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 ways that they're giving them out. The MLS Cup winner, the opposite conference winner, all that kind of stuff. It's just not going to happen. Um, so this is like sort of a you know, you got to give it your best shot now because it's going to be at least a year before you're in again. Um, and, and so it's an opportunity that you really can't pass up. Like teams can't take for granted that they're going to be in CCL. Um, you, you have to take the moment when you have it and and do your best. And obviously it's, it's hard. Uh, Liga MX has completely dominated the competition. Uh, MLS is, has perpetually been at a disadvantage. Um, but the fact that this is being played at the end of the year, I think, should help MLS teams a lot. And so this is the time when they have to actually show it like, okay, we're on a more equal playing field with, with MLS teams not able to complain about the, the schedule this time around and the timing of, of when CCL is being played. Great. Now you have to actually perform yeah. and show that it's time that, you, you know, you can actually um, with a more level playing field, you can compete and actually win and advance and, and that kind of thing. So um it's, it's a long road for, for LAFC, even though it's only three games, right? Like if they won, they beat Cruz Azul, they would likely play Club America in the, in the semifinal. Um, and if they somehow beat Club America, they, I believe it's Tigres would likely, you know, there's a good chance they play Tigres in the final. Um, that's a murderer's row, frankly. So, um, even if the, the field is a little more level at this point, uh, it's going to be tough, but I think you, you know, you have to take it one game at a time. If, if LAFC made it to the semifinals, I still think it would be a pretty successful season for them, you know, making it to the semifinals of the CCL in your first go around. That's impressive. And, and potentially, you know, if they did that, they would have beaten two league MX teams, including mm-hmm. the, the league champion this year. Yeah. Um, that would be impressive. Uh, if they can make it to the final, you know, it's, it's, it's icing on the cake. Right. And if they can win it, then obviously it would be a a huge accomplishment. Um, And, and the disappointing MLS season, I think would have to be in the rear view because it, it, 
it would be a huge accomplishment, even if it's only a, a five game tournament, ultimately for them still, you, you got to play these, mm-hmm. these really good teams to, to win. So um, it's scary. It's exciting. Um, it's the kind of games that you want to be in if, if you want to be a big club. So yeah, it, and we've, we've seen in these tournaments, if you're a team that can get hot, especially in these knockout rounds, I mean, that, that can just take you all the way to the final, right? If you have the momentum, but at the same time, we've seen LAFC not have the best success in these knockout rounds, right? We see, obviously we just saw it just recently against Seattle Sounders, uh, against the, you know, the, the MLS cup or the, you know, the, the MLS cup, this tournament, uh, MLS is back tournament I guess, this, this summer. So I think this, this is a, a great uh, opportunity for them to, to overcome that, you know, because you, you want to be able to overcome that. And they haven't been able to, to overcome that in their short, you know, in their short history to make it to a final as of yet, you know, they're, they're very short, but they have so much talent, um, you know, so, so it'd be, it's going to be exciting. I know we're all going to be tuning in to see what's going on, what's going to happen with LAFC. It seems everything to be breaking their way with the, with the struggles of uh, Cruz Azul. But then again, I mean, this is still a team. This is still a, a solid uh, Mexican team from the Liga Mackies that, you know, that that still has a lot to fight for, you know, especially the way that went they went out. You know, I'm also I'm also interested to see how you know motivated um, some of the LAFC players are, and especially with the 2020 year that's been going on. You know, I'm not saying that they, they don't want to compete or anything, but you know, you, like I said, you got to get away from your family. Maybe that helps you focus a little bit more. Or if you know some players already like you know, let's get this game over with, this tournament over with. Um, and let's move on to 2021. But if they somehow are able to get over Cruz Azul, then you start, okay, then you, then you start believing and then it gets more and more exciting. Um, but yeah, Belisha, that is it. Uh, that's all the time we have. Um, is there anything you want, you want to add before we leave? No, uh, like you said, it's, it's been the longest uh, year and uh, it's almost over, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to have some soccer to cap everything off here. So, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, no, it's exciting here, Wednesday, December 16th. So, you know, obviously, we, we hope the best for LAFC and they're, they're able to overcome uh, Cruz Azul because that, that'd be an exciting time. And, you know, just to keep just to keep our attention and still watch, you know, still watching the, a team from L.A. move, move forward. Uh, for the people that already don't follow you, let them know where they can follow you at. Sure. Uh, I work for SB Nation. I work for several sites there. Uh, I cover LAFC for Angels on Parade. You can find me on Twitter at Soccer Musings. Yep. Guys, definitely read articles. Great content. She puts out great content on all the Southern California teams. Um, you know, awesome job she does. And also also a pleasure to have you uh, on the podcast. Um, guys, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, make sure to give this a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to this podcast wherever you get your music. You can follow me at Gio Garcia LA on Twitter. You can also check us out at LA Soccer Hub on all social media platforms. For Alicia, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace.